0: Good morning, everybody. It is the Osmo NBA strategy show starting to wrap up the regular season. I know there's a lot of people. This is probably going to be the last slate they play this year because the final slated season that 15 gamer on Sunday. That's going to be a whole lot of nonsense tonight, though. Three game slate. We are sponsored by underdog, which I'm also pretty excited about. I'm also here, Adam, who's under the weather, but because he cares so much about the final slates of the NBA season, he's toughing it out to hang out with you guys. Adam, how are you doing this morning?
1: Yeah, man, just stoked to talk about three NBA games uh, on April 9th. I could not bring myself to miss it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's why even under the weather, Adam, this is his flu game. So, you know, we've got people in the chat saying end of the season, they need some winning picks today. This is the flu game for Adam. This is the game he shows up under the weather, doesn't care. He comes in, uh, brings the heat. But once again, end of the season NBA, there is uh, definitely a little bit of weirdness that could occur on some of these slates. Also, like I said, we're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy today. And if you guys are not familiar with Underdog, the best platform, in my opinion, to go and play best ball on. They're also doing a big playoff contest called The Dance. It's open from from right now until April 16th, right before the NBA playoffs start. There is $200,000 in total prizes, $30,000 to first place. And if you guys sign up using the promo code AWESOME, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. The Dance is also only $10 to enter, so they'll get you a bunch of entries into that. Uh, Let's start looking at tonight's slate. And just first of all, Adam, three games, a lot of teams are playing for nothing at this point. How does this change your
1: approach to these last couple slates of the year? Um, I mean, it doesn't really change it so much as, like, there's not, I guess, any changes that get made just kind of are, like, automatically happen. Like, I'm not planning to do anything like differently. It's just that, you know, you end up with more value. A lot of the times you end up with value that, um, you can be, you can be, you know, more confident in, for example, uh, Horton Tucker and Horde and those guys last night. Um, you, you kind of just end up with some spots where guys are really, really popular and you still sort of can't figure out how to get away from it. <clears throat>
0: So for me, this is one change that I've. It's it's not going to apply to this slate maybe, but like yesterday's slate, for instance, there would be some teams like the Raptors yesterday. I'm like, what the hell are they playing for? And I'll I'll try to be conservative with minutes projection just because I think there's such a wide range of outcomes. Like uh, Josh and I talked about Precious Achua a lot yesterday, and initially Josh like, he played 40 minutes yesterday. And I was like, does that mean he plays 40 minutes again today, or does that mean that they played a bunch of minutes they can play him that many minutes again today? And I think there's kind of situations like that where I just recognize just a wide range of outcomes with minutes that I kind of try to be conservative so that I'm not getting like a ridiculous amount of exposure to any one guy when I'm really uncertain about the minutes. Uh, And, you know, we're going to see some teams today where they don't have all that much to play for, starting with this game, the New Orleans Pelicans against the Memphis Grizzlies and checking where these teams are in the standings right now, because I think that is a a valuable talking point for uh, a lot of people on these final slates. The Pelicans are currently the nine seed in the Western Conference. They are four and a half games behind the Clippers, no chance to catch them. And then they are two games ahead of the San Antonio Spurs. So I believe that the Pelicans either need one win or one Spurs loss to make sure that they have a home home court advantage in the first game of the play. And so is this a massively important game for the Pelicans? No, but there is a little bit of incentive here for them. They have Brandon Ingram currently listed as questionable in the injury report. If he
1: does not play Adam, what does that open up for New Orleans? Uh, it makes CJ McCollum look better. You know, McCollum has played well since joining New Orleans one way or the other, but uh, when you take Ingram off the floor, since he's been there, he's got a usage rate around 32%, assist percentage at about 34%. You can expect him to play big minutes. And his salary has actually come down a little bit on DraftKings as well, down to 8200 So So um, even if Ingram's in on a three-game slate, I think McCollum looks pretty good. But if you take Ingram out, he looks a lot better. You also get a little bit more usage for Valanciunas if Ingram is out. He's only $7,900. So I think both of those guys look pretty good one way or the other. But if Ingram's out, they look even better.
0: And then if Ingram's out, are there any value plays that really stand out to you? I think there's reason to think guys like Herb Jones... And Jackson Hayes could get more minutes, but we're not looking at guys that are sub 4k or anything like that anymore. I think this is unfortunately a lot of accurate pricing on the New Orleans Pelicans. Herb Jones would be my go to guy, I guess, for cheap on this team, but it is more to do with it just being a three game slate and I'm willing to play anybody that could get extended minutes. But I, I wouldn't look at any of these guys and be like, oh, that's a smash value play. Do you, do you see it any differently?
1: Um, no, I mean, I agree, but, you know, Devonte Graham moved into the starting lineup last game. He only played like 20 minutes, but that was a easy blowout win over Portland. He didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Um, so at 4K, like you could get there. Alvarado played about 22 minutes off the bench at 3,800. You know, if you get 20 to 22 minutes from him, he looks decent. Uh, if Ingram is in, you're only expecting, you know, low teens probably. So not really in play. And then one other thing we did see last game is that Billy Hernan Gomez was the backup center once again. He had been out of the rotation. Then Joval missed the game and he started. Then last game, he was the backup center. I assume that had to do with Ingram being out. And as a result, um, Hayes playing more time at the four. So if Ingram is in, I don't feel confident that Hernan Gomez is even playing. But if Ingram is out, then you have a $3,900 Hernan Gomez who likely is playing you know, 18 to 20 minutes behind Joval.
0: And then are there any other deep flyers on this team? Larry Nance Jr. is fairly cheap, although, like you said, with Hernan Gomez back in the mix, that kind of does cap the
1: upside for Larry Nance.
0: Anybody that's off the board is, you know, like a flyer for a
1: three-game slate. I haven't minded taking some shots at Larry Nance recently just because um, we got the game a few games ago where he played 28 minutes. So physically, we know that if things break right he can play a lot and at 3500 even if he gets like 20 minutes um especially for a three-game slate you can potentially get you know a six to seven x guy that doesn't kill you uh so I don't mind that as long as there's not much ownership
0: all right let's move to the other side of the game the Memphis Grizzlies and this is another team that's really difficult to talk about right now because we have seen John Morant miss an extended period of time he's overall for the season missed a ton of games he's missed about 25 percent of the season we know what happens John Morant is not in the lineup, but he's listed as questionable. It looks like there's a chance he's going to be in there either today or tomorrow just with the Grizzlies trying to get him some reps heading into the playoffs. But as is, he has not played since March 18th. So about a month that we've seen no John Moran out there. If he plays, I have to assume it's pretty limited minutes, probably at most 30, mid-20s, probably a little bit more reasonable. Uh, what are your expectations for John Moran if he is in?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. There's no reason for them to run him into the ground like they should be looking to get, you know, back to their they they just want everybody to be in rhythm for the postseason. Um, But it's not like these guys have to learn how to play with John Morant or anything like that. It's not even the same situation as, you know, the Clippers when George came back and you basically, you you know, you hadn't had that rotation for months. Uh, I don't expect it to be a situation where they have to play guys a ton of minutes. I think they probably just try and get Morant's legs under him get them around 30 minutes, like you said, uh, and then, you know, move on. And I don't really expect anybody on this team to top 30 minutes because they do have absolutely nothing to play for.
0: Yeah, literally nothing to play for. They are currently second in the Western Conference. And with two games left in the season, they are eight and a half games behind the Suns. No way they're making up eight and a half games. And then they are four (laughs) games up on the Golden State Warriors. So they are locked into their spot as the two seed. There's no way for the Grizzlies to move. So with that in mind... This is a team that I do think becomes very, very complicated to target because it seems unlikely to me that they'd be playing anybody, like you said, all that many extended minutes. But coming off the bench, is there anybody like a Brandon Clark that you think could see extended minutes with potentially the starters playing limited minutes?
1: At 3,800 for Clark, it's kind of interesting just because he doesn't even necessarily need like really extended minutes. If he just gets 20 to 22, he's probably going to be fine at that price. The thing with Memphis is like they have enough active bodies where – I don't necessarily think that they're running a bunch of extra minutes for guys like Clark. Like you can just run a deeper rotation with more bodies. But at 3,800, you know, he can get there anyway. Um, It is worth noting he only played 13 minutes in their last game. Uh, It was a blowout loss to the Nuggets. But, um, you know, so Aldama was in the closing lineup. Xavier Tillman was in there. But there's a lot of minutes volatility. I don't expect there to be a game where Clark plays 28 minutes or anything like that. But at 3,800, he doesn't really need to.
0: Uh, And by the way, a quick story about that game Uh. is I've had this idea that going into the playoffs, I think it makes a lot of sense to bet the Nuggets to lose the second quarter of games just because sportsbooks haven't really adjusted for any team's rotation. So I've noticed that if you look at the Denver Nuggets and some of the game props, they'll have the same odds to win the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. And typically the rotation patterns, at least over the last few weeks, Jokic isn't playing all 12 first quarter minutes. And then he sits like the first six minutes of the second quarter. And as a result, usually Denver's up in the first quarter. They get their asses kicked in the second quarter. So I go, you know what? I think I found an edge here to start betting against Denver in the second quarter of games. What happens last game? Jokic plays six minutes in the first quarter, starts the second quarter, and they just smash Memphis in the second quarter and end up winning via blowout. So uh, that one kind of went by the wayside. But
1: Yeah, I feel like that, that would have been a good strategy before they started running their
0: playoff rotation. Y- well, it would have been... So what also happened was Jokic got a cut on his forehead and he right. had to come out in the first quarter. And then they put this like weird headband on him. So he looked ridiculous. He was wearing like one of those Jimmy Butler headbands yeah. and then he came out. So he had to, so that was the actual reason they had to change the rotation and just screwed up the the bets that I had for that game. But either way, I think that is something I'm going to try utilizing in the, in the playoffs uh, just because I I think the, the danger time for Denver is going to be those first few minutes of the second quarter when Jokic is getting a breather and Cousins is on the bench because that is a uh, pretty significant drop-off. But anybody else to talk about here from Memphis that you want to get to? Are any of the starters appealing to even in potentially limited minutes?
1: Not really, outside of the fact that it's a three-game slate. So, I mean, if, like, $5,700 Brooks lands in a lineup or Bain lands in a lineup, that's fine. But uh, nothing I'm, I'm prioritizing there.
0: And then uh, I guess uh, just one other angle to talk about too. Would anything change for you if John Moran ends up sitting?
1: Uh, It would make everybody look a little bit better. I mean, Tyus Jones is still 6K. That's decent. I think it's pretty much correctly priced. You would get more usage for Bain, Brooks, Jackson. But um, again, with them not, not expecting them to play a lot of minutes, it's still pretty difficult to prioritize.
0: Uh, do us a favor, guys, like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, if you guys are looking to get in on some MLB DFS action, we do have a promo code for a $1 Express MLB weekly pass. That is if you sign up using the promo code FASTBALL at checkout. That is FASTBALL, much easier to remember than some of the other ridiculous promo codes we've ran in the past. FASTBALL, that's it. You get access to our MLB tools. $1 a week the offer expires April 11th. So if you're looking to check out our MLB tools, uh, try that in the next couple of days before it expires let's move on to the next game now it is the golden state warriors against the san antonio spurs from the Warriors' side of the game clay thompson is out today steph curry also remains out and looking where the golden state warriors are in the standings this is a team with a little bit of something to play for they can't catch the memphis grizzlies but they can slide in the standings The Golden State Warriors are half a game up on the Dallas Mavericks. So there's a chance they could slide from the three seed to the four seed. So even without Clay here, there's still reason for them to be trying to win this game. What stands out to you from the Warriors? Because I think this is one team we could count on regular minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jordan Poole's been very good without Curry. He's playing a ton of minutes. He's only 8K. Nice matchup against San Antonio. I think he looks like a very strong option. Um, He's in that same mold with CJ McCollum at that price point. Both of those guys look great. Wiggins at 6,200 is a little bit more difficult to count on, but with Thompson being out, you should get a bump in usage for him. You should get around 34 minutes. Makes him look decent. Um, And then any of you know Green, Porter, Payton, Looney at 3,300, not guys that you feel super confident in, but I do think still a little bit underpriced here, given that it's a three-game slate and Golden State's in a good spot against San Antonio.
0: Yeah, to me, the reason I'm prioritizing Golden State and – I know we try not to care about narratives too much, but this is one that we could actually project for. I just feel better about the minutes for the guys that matter for Golden State than pretty much any other team going today because this is a game that is important to the Warriors for seeding. And when you look at a team like New Orleans where uh, New Orleans cares, but Memphis doesn't care at all, I want to try to prioritize on teams where I feel like I could get a full allotment of minutes of players, and the Warriors are one of those teams that I could feel good about. So uh, Poole, Wiggins, Draymond Green... These guys are all going to be fairly high priorities for me. Otto Porter Jr. I think is an okay value play off the bench. I'll probably see some shots on Looney just because he's almost min price. I know that he's been an absolute headache to figure out ever since Draymond Green came back. But even so, there isn't that much value on the slate. Looney starts. He's close to min price today. Cheap on both Fandle and DK. Uh, is he somebody you view as a, as a viable value
1: option? Sorry, who? Uh, Looney. Oh, um... Yeah, yes, I guess. Like not a priority, but I'll probably have a little bit.
0: Yeah, it it's really just price point and the fact that he's starting and I could give him like 20 minutes. I know the production has not been there recently, but it's not like we have all that many great options for
1: cheap. Uh any other flyers for you that are, that are coming from Golden State? Um yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on taking some shots at Looney. The issue is just that like he's almost definitely not going to be in the closing lineup. Um So like the 20 minutes aren't even guaranteed. Like you can have some games where you get 16, but 3,300, don't mind taking a shot there. Uh, Peyton at 3,700, he played uh, last game, you know, with with Thompson in, he still played 24 minutes. I would expect similar run here, if not, you know, a little bit more at 3,700. He's about a point per minute guy. Uh, So I think him and Looney, as far as sub 4k guys are where I'd look first.
0: All right, and then let's talk about the San Antonio Spurs side of the game, and they are resting a bunch of guys for this game. Jakob Purtle out, DeJounte Murray remains out, Kelvin Johnson out, Devin Vassell out. So with that in mind, I, it's not the best matchup for the San Antonio Spurs, but they have such a shortened rotation. Also, Romeo Langford is questionable that I think we could feel better than we normally would about projecting minutes for the Spurs because there's only so many guys to go to. Let's see, it's Collins, Jones, Walker, Richardson, Primo, job Landau, Wieskamp, Cop So they might have nine guys healthy today. All of them are cheap. But of these cheap guys, who stand out as the best value plays?
1: So Trey Jones, I don't know what's up with his salary, but it's just not moving. Um, he's still 5,400 on DraftKings. He's a 0. 0.9 to 1 fantasy point per minute guy without Murray or White. So I think he still looks very good. Uh, looks like a very strong value here. Um Zach Collins, we know, is a very good point-per-minute guy. He's 4,500 and has power forward eligibility, so that's nice. Uh, I assume he's going to start in place of Pirtle. Um, You're going to probably get Landale as his backup. Landale's 3K flat, not a bad point-per-minute guy. I would expect that he's getting at least 18 to 20 minutes behind Collins, uh, so it makes him look pretty good. Similarly, you can take shots at Kaycock as well. Um, don't know exactly how that front court rotation is going to look, but there's plenty of minutes available. Um, we have seen Landell play some minutes alongside like Pirtle this year. So maybe you get some – like like I, I expect all three of Collins, Kaycock and Landell, to play. And Kaycock and Landell are both good point-per-minute guys that are 3K flat. So I like taking some shots there. Um, Bates Diop should play a lot. Lonnie Walker at 3,800 is going to look really good. He's got about a 27% usage rate without Murray and White on the floor this year. And now you also don't have Keldon Johnson out there. so. I expect the offense basically to run through Lonnie Walker as crazy as that sounds
0: fair to say that the Spurs are the best source of value tonight.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't see any way around that. Yeah. So
0: uh, I mean, for me as well, I, I assume that when I, when I make bills later on in the day and yeah, I'll be back on, on live before lock. We actually we have a lot of content on the YouTube channel today. Cause we've got uh, multiple MLB shows. We've also got NBA deeper dive NBA live. before lock. We also got MMA live before lock for uh, one of the bigger MMA cards of the year. So all the more reason you guys should like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've got a little bit of everything covered today. But anyway, when I start building my lineups a little bit later in the day, I assume the Spurs are the team I'm going to end up with the most exposure to just because it's hard to find value. There's a lot of guys out here. Uh, any other talking points for you from San Antonio?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I guess groups are probably going to be important for the Spurs just because we are going to be getting to so many different players there. I don't think – I mean, with it being a three-game slate, I think I'll probably go, like, max two of Collins, Kaycock, and Landale since I do think they play at least a little bit alongside each other. Um, probably don't want more than two of Walker, Richardson, Primo, although I'm not quite as confident in that. I, I guess, yeah, I mean, that, that or maybe max two of, like, Richardson, Bates, Diop, and Primo would make sense to me.
0: And then just one other question on the Spurs before we move on to the final game of the slate is do you have, it's only a three game slate. This is the team that looks like they're going to be the best source of value. Is there a maximum amount of Spurs that you'd be willing to play in a lineup just because a three game slate is inherently different than say like a 10 game slate.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I might actually just set it at like five and I'm not going to get a lot of lineups that have five, but, um, I I don't really care to maximize or, or to, uh, limit how many I I can play here just because not only is it a three game slate but it's not even like it's a three game slate where you have a bunch of good plays from other teams like if you look at New Orleans at least the way things look right now assuming Ingram is in there's a couple of plays we like and a bunch of stuff that just looks mediocre Uh, Memphis as a whole looks mediocre Golden State has some good plays but uh, still you know it's mostly like one or two guys that really stand out Uh, same is going to go for the Clippers same is going to go for Sacramento so I think that Um, Again, like I'm going to most lineups I play will probably have like three spurs, but I'm not going to hard cap it like I would if the slate were bigger.
0: All right, let's move to the final game of the slate, which is the Sacramento Kings against Los Angeles Clippers. Now, from the Kings side of the game, we know by now they've shut down Sabonis and Fox the rest of the season. This game means nothing for the Kings because not only they've been out of the playoff picture for a while, winning or losing can impact their draft status based on where they are right now at 29 and 51 because they have a few games separating the teams ahead of them and behind them in the standing. So I assume we just see the Kings go out and play guys like Davion Mitchell, as many minutes as he could handle kind of what they've been doing recently, getting him reps and try to get him the experience that will be better heading into next year. What stands out to you from the Kings? And this is another team that, Well, maybe the minutes for like Harrison Barnes are a little bit sketchy because what do they need to play him for at this time of year? At least we should feel good about Davion Mitchell and some other young players minutes.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to clarify quickly because it seemed like people misunderstood in chat. I'm not saying I'm playing five Spurs on a lot of teams or necessarily even any teams. I'm just saying like I'm not capping how many I get. I don't really care. The max on FanDuel is four. The max on DraftKings is five. Um, If I end up with a lineup that has, for example, uh, Trey Jones, Zach Collins, Lonnie Walker – Bates, Diop and Landale, and then I'm filling it in with like Jordan Poole and uh McCollum and Paul George or something, or Davion Mitchell. Like, I don't care. That's fine. It's not gonna happen a lot. But uh, my point is just I don't care how many spurs I get. Um, as far as Sacramento goes, Mitchell does look good. That price tag has come back down. They did say that they were gonna start cutting his minutes back a bit down the end of the uh, you know, down the stretch. So I don't know exactly what that means. We know that coaches played do 40 a lot. last game. he played 40
0: last game right
1: yeah we know coaches lie a lot and also if you're cutting back from 40 does that mean he's going to play 36 i mean it's um even if you give him 36 minutes here at 7k he looks decent he's about a point per minute guy um and it's a three-game slate similarly harrison barnes looks okay at 5600 not going crazy to get there but i think they look like the two top guys from sacramento for me
0: yeah i think the key there is what does a cutback in minutes look like because these are his minutes over the last handful of games 40, 38, 40, 39, 41, 45, 38, 46. If you play him 38 minutes, you've also cut back his minutes. So it's, it's hard to know exactly what that means. Uh, as, as for the other guys on this team, Damian Jones has showed some upside, but he's become a little bit more pricey. Same goes for Dante DiVincenzo. He no longer is a guy with a, a uh, sub-4K salary. Who are the other players outside of Davion Mitchell that you think are worth getting to from the Kings?
1: Not much stands out. I mean, if you want to take some shots on Damian Jones at 5,900, we know he's been playing well. He's getting, you know, 28 to 30 minutes. He's around a fantasy point per minute guy. Certainly a ceiling for him, but the issue you run into is just like, how do you prioritize 5,900 dollars Damian Jones when you have Zach Collins and Landale and Kaycock, you know, some combination of those guys? Um, you have Joe Val from New Orleans. So I think it's difficult to prioritize that. Similar for, you know, DiVincenzo, Chimezi Metu. You know, it's not shocking if any of these guys have good games, but they're, uh, not towards the top of the list in terms of of priority.
0: And then on the Clippers side, what is your expectation for playing time? I think this is such a difficult one because it seems like they've been trying to get these guys reps just so they've played together because Paul George missed so much of the season and the team hasn't been together. Obviously, Norman Powell, they acquired at the trade deadline, and then he broke his foot afterwards. He only came back last week. So this group has not played a lot of minutes together heading into the playoffs. At the same time, the game also means nothing. The Clippers are the eighth seed in the West. The seven seed, the Minnesota Timberwolves, are five and a half games ahead of them. The nine seed, the New Orleans Pelicans, are four games behind them. So the Clippers are locked into their spot. They have been for a little bit. How do you think that impacts the expectations for how much run these guys get?
1: I still think you're going to get pretty decent run here because like you said, they haven't played a lot of minutes together. Now you're trying to work Norman Powell back into things as well. Um, He played 22 minutes off the bench last game. I'm interested to see if he starts today. If, you know, maybe he replaces Batum in the starting lineup, they get him up to, you know, 26 minutes, get him some more run playing alongside Paul George, Um, because we know that Powell should be a very useful piece for them in the postseason. And, you know, I don't, think he's coming off the bench in the postseason so I wouldn't be surprised if you see him start and maybe pick up a few more minutes Paul George at 9300 in a good matchup I think is pretty appealing. Um, If you give him even 32 minutes he looks pretty good here and you certainly could get a couple of more minutes, Um, but the other thing with George and, and just the slate in general. You need raw points somewhere and we have so much value from San Antonio and then you know some value from golden state some value in other spots that with it being a three game slate, you don't necessarily need Paul George to go get like 55, 60 draft points to be a tournament winning play. If he just goes and gets like 45 to 50 and ends up being one of the top three scorers on the slate, he's probably going to be pretty useful. So I do like George. I like Jackson at 6,100. They look like the top guys to me. Um, after that, I would say Zubats and Hartenstein, not in the same lineup, but um, both of them should, I, I expect them both to be very productive when they're on the floor. So it's just a matter of how the minutes break down, which, you know, your guess is as good as mine there so i would say those two are like the second tier for me behind george and jackson um and then after that you know i guess a little bit of marcus morris is fine
0: and by the way when you're mentioning how much raw points matter for the slate i'm just going to lay this out as an example for people paul george and well john moran is the most expensive player on the slate we don't know if he's playing or not uh but but aside from him like Paul George, I have projected for over 40 fantasy points. Jordan Poole for mid-40s fantasy points. I have Jordan Poole projected as the player that I expect to have the most just raw fantasy points today. I, I, can't, I can't ever imagine say where I had like a guy like Jordan Poole projected for the most fantasy points. So that's why we need to get those points from somewhere, not just because there aren't a lot of high-end upside options, but also because we just need to fill our salary. It's legitimate to think that Paul George could put up like 38 fantasy points at 9,300 on DK and in the optimal lineup.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. Like, I didn't even mention it. You just did. I think like not only is it a three game slate, so you're just, you know, not likely to have as many people score 60 points as you would on a nine game slate. But there's also no pay up guys tonight. There's nobody on DraftKings above. Morant if he plays and above George if Morant doesn't play so it's not even like you're you're like locking in and saying uh, oh well we know Joel Embiid slash Jokic slash Giannis is going to be the the top scorer Um, it could very easily be Paul George like he projects as either the number one or number two scorer along with Jordan Poole so um, yeah it's just that you don't You don't need to worry about point per dollar value quite as much on somebody like George when you have so many guys. Well, one, when the slate is smaller, and then two, when you have a lot of guys like San Antonio that are very likely to just destroy their salary in terms of point per dollar.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of guys on San Antonio that are, you know, in like the 3 or 4k range that should be like the 6k (laughs) range or so. So that's something that's going to impact a lot on this slate and is also something that makes this slate a little bit different from a lot of other ones. But Anything else that you want to mention here from the Clipper side of the game? Any, any flyers from this team?
1: Um, no, not really. Like, they have such a deep rotation still that I think it's pretty difficult to point to much. You know, I mentioned Morris kind of as a last guy in. Batum, if he starts at 3,700, kind of the same thing. Um, but, like, Covington's price tag has come up. Kennard's price tag has come up. That makes things pretty difficult there
0: all right let's let's get out of here make sure we get adam healthy if you guys want to check out our premium betting discord you could sign up for that using the link in the description box below something that pays for itself we track all our bets so we know that it's been plus money since we've opened it i expect it's going to be going forward because we have guys like alex baker steve buzzard ben Raza giving out picks also follow our new betting account at Awesome bets We're going to be giving out one free bet per day from our premium betting discord. Other than that, guys, if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. I'll be answering some of those later in the day. Check out the deeper dive. Check out live before lock. Good luck today, and also keep up on all the injuries.